title of today's clinic is Optimizing Free Trial Offers. At this point, I'd like to introduce the keynote speaker for today, Dr. Flynn McLaughlin. All right, Michael, thank you very much. We're going to be looking at free trial offers. Uh, I'll have a number of the research analysts from MEC online. I'll introduce a couple of them that I think you may be hearing from throughout the call. Uh, there are others, but I don't want to take up too much time on the front end. You could uh, hear from Nick Osborne, who's on now and was a primary writer of this uh, research brief that we'll be delivering to you soon. And he's also, of course, uh, an expert in copywriting and worked on the projects we're going to be discussing as involved our, in our research projects related to copywriting. And we're grateful for his for his work. Jimmy Ellis, who's the director of optimization in our group, is uh, I think one of the world's foremost authorities on improving conversion, and uh, he's on the line also. Jimmy, uh, uh, send me a chat to make sure you're clear or speak to me and let me know to make sure that everyone has a clear connection. I just want to make sure that everyone in the audience can hear you. Yeah, uh, I'm here. Same. Good. Okay. And Nick, are you clear? Yeah, I'm here. Good. How about, uh, from my standpoint, we've done an audio check, but can everyone hear me clearly? You're a little bit faint. Um, I'm willing to bet that if you're a little bit louder, it'd be good. To, it'd be better for okay. everybody. All right. Well, our topic is optimizing free trial offers, and we asked the question: Can copy and design changes alone significantly lift the performance of a free trial offer page? Many online services offer a free trial, and it's often the primary incentive they use to attract uh, new subscribers. And generally, a free trial works very well. But we wanted to ask a simple research question, and that is, if free trial offers work well, does their success make us complacent about the effectiveness of the offer page or pathways we're using currently? To put it another way, without changing the offer itself, is it possible to significantly lift performance of these pages simply by making design and copy improvements? Now, let me tell you why that question might be a little bit more uh, nuanced than it first appears. Most of us have had a great deal of success by moving to a free trial offer. But because of that success, we often have grown complacent in terms of the copy and the technical improvements that are possible on the page. Many of us, when we went to a free trial offer, achieved a significant gain, and we've grown comfortable with that gain, and we don't realize how much money we're still leaving on the table. As Drucker has said, and you've heard me say often, uh, adequacy is the enemy of excellence. And so if you're getting an adequate response, then you may be, you may be satisfied. But I have seen over and over and over again with small retailers and some of the very largest on the Internet that a few strategic changes can yield major differences in net revenue. And so I wanted to get underneath this and look at it together. And we ran several, really, we were constantly experimenting in conversion, but we, we've bare, we bore down on certain cases that we thought might help us to really get an answer. And we involved you, the audience, in, in a survey and, and voting for us and uh, what you thought would work best in a particular case that went on. So we'll get into it in just a moment, but we're going to be looking at the test we conducted and we're going to be looking at live examples with copy, and we're going to try to 
ascertain whether or not minor changes can make a significant impact. And so the first case involves improving conversion with a long letter-style offer page. You've heard me write about these before, and you've heard me speak about them before at least, and I can tell you that that in many cases I have looked at big professional companies' short professional corporate-looking offer pages and recommended a long copy letter sale and seen dramatic improvement. One of our research partners uh, is Investopedia.com, a site devoted to providing information on personal finance and investing. And a primary source of revenue for the company is paid subscriptions to their Investopedia advisor newsletter. And they had been using uh, the same free trial offer page for some time with reasonable conversion. And we're going to show you a picture of the original offer page. And uh, we began by reviewing three separate sources of information in order to start optimizing the message and the design. We reviewed our own research results from other partners who had been faced with similar challenges. We reviewed competitive sites in order to draw from the learning of other companies in, in the same market. We dug deep within the Investopedia site itself in search of an appropriate voice and any strong messages which might not have been used in the original offer page. You can see this, the offer page, and it's professional, it's corporate. There's some advantages to the way the buttons are designed. And, I mean, you can look, it, 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 these are smart people, and they, hadn't just, they didn't just throw a page up. They worked through. Flint, it, yes. sorry to interrupt. I, I don't know whether it's just on my screen, but I'm, I'm, I'm looking at uh, slide three, and I'd, and if, if it's the case for everyone else, I didn't want you to get too far ahead. Um, yeah. While you're talking I'm about the, four. I'm on four too. I'm watching as a as a Nick. So we'll keep an eye. Just chat with Michael Clow and let us know if you're having troubles. And Nick, interrupt me any time if you think there might be something that you know we're. I just missing. wanted to be sure that it was uh, everyone wasn't having the same problem. Sure. Nick works with us. Uh, a lot, most of our staff is in our central offices in, in Ponte Vita Beach, but Nick is in, in uh, works out of Canada, and uh, and so it may be something to do with where he's located, or it just may be that more you're having problems than we know. Let Michael know. Send him a chat message, and we'll help you. All right. So you can see the page. I mean, I think these people did a good job in building an initial page, and they obviously got a good result, and uh, they were growing an organization. But uh, we also developed a page as part of the research project, and we're going to show you a copy of that as well. We essentially tested the original page against our new optimized page. And um, we used a variable cluster, and we used some of the technology that we teach in our certification programs. We we tested the original page, which was our control page, or the A page, against the new page, B. And before we look at the data from the test, here are the results of the survey we invited you all to complete before this call. This is critical because we, we wanted you to um, weigh in and predict the results. And we've done this before, and I can tell you that in every case I recall, the professional marketers on the phone picked the wrong page. Now, I think in this case, honestly, it was quite a bit easier uh, than some of those questions that we posed for you. But let's just look at how you did, and let's look at what you voted for. So, Michael, if you'll take us to those results. Now, there may be a slight delay on the GoToWebinar 
side sometimes. But if you look at the results, you can see that you voted, 67 of you voted, or 24.28% of you voted for the original page, 75.22 or 72% or 209 of you voted for the new page. What gets very interesting is what you predicted the increase to be. If you look in the right-hand column or the right-hand table, you'll see that um, most of you projected somewhere between 25 and 50% increase. 7.3% of you uh, projected a 75% increase. And... Um, Let's see how you let's see how you did. Let's turn on over to the next page if you would. Michael. So here we are. We tested the original page against our new optimized page and these are the results. The new page produced eighty nine point four seven percent more orders. That's a pretty significant lift, particularly on a first test with a variable cluster design. If you don't haven't heard about variable cluster designs, it's something that we pioneered here in our understanding of online testing and its special opportunities. Uh, we believe in multivariate testing or multivariable testing, but we we find in many cases we can accomplish the same thing with simple A/B tools and a variable cluster approach, which is what we used in this case. And in that first pass. We used a radical redesign, and that partner, I mean, literally makes, I would just, I mean, just looking at these numbers, I don't have their financials in front of me, but theoretically, for the same marketing spin, they should achieve 89% more revenue, nearly 90% more revenue as a result of that test. And that's assuming, you know, there's some constants regarding retention, et cetera. But these are all reasonable projections. Let's go to the next page. So, to identify which new element had the greatest impact on improving conversion, we would now run a series of, and this is, again, part of what we teach. From the variable cluster, we'd run a series of, of more isolated A-B split tests to help us determine. And sometimes that's when we might use multivariable technology as well. But what, what we want you to look at right now are the most significant changes that we made to the page and so let's do that and i'm going to go down a list with you and uh nick or michael when will they see the new page i'm not running the powerpoint i'm just speaking Is that um, up it's it was back there i can bring it up right now if you want me to yeah bring up the new page bring up the old page let's make sure everybody's very clear i don't care nearly as much about the notes as i do making sure you guys are, are, are capturing the information you need to go back and improve things in your company all right, to see the new test design, I guess you need to actually click on the link. Is that correct? No, we can't click on open up. Any, any I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show him it in the browser just because it's so long. Okay, he's going to show you in the browser because the page is so long. Now, when you get the browser up, uh, I can see it coming. There it is. I see it on my screen. Now, did we write this? This is, I mean, this. we moved from the other version to the long copy version that we're looking at right here, correct? That's correct. All right, so... 
Michael, I know that's coming up and it's loading and people are getting used to it, but I want you to show them the new page and then we're going to go back and show them the old page again. Yeah, Mike, can you, can you scroll down the page once up and down so, a couple of times so people can see the kind of length of the page and what we did there? Now, I think what's interesting about this is Investopedia does not position themselves as an Internet hawker. They wouldn't consider themselves in the same camp as the, the old school kind of Corey Riddell approach, and we aren't either. In fact, we, we deplore that, that, that type of copywriting, though I'm, I'm not trying to speak bad of, of any of those people. But you will notice the letter approach, the personal signature approach. The very uh, the bottom of that page is really carefully tested. We have a lot of best practices and research there. Scroll back, uh, scroll back up, if you would, uh, Michael, all the way up to the top. So this is the page that we we developed, and it can be improved again. I mean, this was our first pass. We might need to run half a dozen more tests, but you can see what happens. And uh, now, Michael, just switch back, use the PowerPoint, and show us the old page. Nick, you wrote the copy on this, didn't you? Yes, I did. Yeah. So this is the page that we had, and I, I would venture to say it looks like page that a lot of you probably have on your own site clean corporate short but as you can tell as you can see from the numbers the other page out produced it now that doesn't mean long copy is always going to produce better if it did we wouldn't need to test we just put pages up I mean some people, sometimes because we have research partners sometimes people think well we're just that if they don't know who we are don't see the site don't get involved in our research they think we're we're uh, our revenue model must call for a consultancy, but that is really not the core of our revenue model, and it's really not what, we're, what we do. The difference here is we're running a research lab. We want to know what works. We have a handful of research partners that we really spend time helping to grow, and we use that that time together to try and understand what works. And and rather than tell you this is what's going to work because uh, – we have that opinion. We just simply set up a system using a technology called the growth engine that we have here to quickly test, 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 and and drive up the numbers that way and learn. So um, let's keep moving. I'd like to go to the things that were actually done. Move to the move to those slides and I'll start. We changed, first of all, the layout so the principal sales message was all contained within a single, uninterrupted vertical column. Now, Nick or Jimmy, just jump in and interrupt me as I'm going through this, okay? I'll, I'll say one thing on that. If, if people recall the page we just looked at, everything that we, that we truly wanted people to read, and there's a careful sequence in the text there, is in the central column. The, Absolutely. The, the optional stuff, like oh, the testimonials and security seals and validation are in the right-hand column. So even if people don't read them, they can kind of see that the whole page has testimonials down it. Um, and we didn't, we didn't want to interrupt ourselves slow with testimonials or seals, so, so we really separated out what we really wanted, what we needed people to read and then what they could choose to read on the right-hand side. And I think that's a good rule of thumb, is to, in your center column, in your main column, include only in there, in careful sequence, what you really need people to read, and all the optional stuff 
just put over to one side. But don't put, don't put essential stuff over to one side. The center column is the message. The right column is the support. Yeah. Or the you see, you and, do things much more simply and shorter than I do. <laughs> no, I, I mean we've done we've done now. I can't count that, that many as high as as many tests that we've we've run where we've changed the layout from a three column layout to a two column layout or something similar that we have here, and we we achieved significant results. And sometimes when that was the only thing that changed, we didn't change a word or copy, we didn't change a word of a testimonial or a credibility indicator or anything like that. And on this particular example, one of the things I wanted to point out was one of the big, I'm not going to say misconceptions, but, but rules that a lot of big companies live by that is not necessarily true. I think it depends on your niche and your product. But, for example, their original Investopedia offer page is what I would call a, a within-the-fold design where they had all this great stuff. And, and their page is better than, than you'd expect. It's better than most companies we work with initially. It's better than most sites we go to that we see on the web that our successful sites have. But what they did is they, they took the information they had and they put it in those two columns to fit it, you know, as much as they could in the fold. And if you look at that page, if you go back and you guys, you know, voted on these pages, so you probably still have links to them. If you look at the page, a lot of the best, most convincing, most communicative copy is in the right column that most customers aren't even going to see because the left column has the charts and the graphs and the images that distract distracts the customer's eye, takes them through that, right to the email capture. So they might still do that e email capture. They still might go to the next page, but they weren't thoroughly convinced uh, that this is what they need to buy to help them with their investing. And and you know, gentlemen, why our ladies, uh, do you know why the, the letters are the – I think a lot of people think that it's the personal touch that necessarily makes a letter better, and it can be. The signature, it – and engages, you know, it gives the website personality. I've told you before, people don't buy from websites; they buy from people. And it gives your site voice, and it helps people to conceptualize, uh, you know, the the party on the other end of that computer. And and so it's, it has all of those advantages. But I'll tell you, one of the greatest advantages of the letter design is not so much the letter as it is the fact that it 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 forces you to sequence the information flow properly. Sequencing the, the the information is critical to conversion. You want them to see something first, second, third, and fourth. You want to answer the right question that's arising in their mind at precisely the right time. When you're trying to do that with multiple columns, what you're doing, in fact, is creating a jumbled conversation. It's like four people talking at once, and they're not getting the message in the right order. It's key elements. So just keep that in mind, and and um, I'm going to go on, but I, I I think that's vital. By the way, don't buy this old, worn-out, tired cliche on the Internet, we've got to get everything above the fold. That, that cliche started in the publishing industry, and it was an offline uh, group who didn't understand the Internet. And frankly, most people aren't going to panic because they have to scroll down before they buy your offer. What you want above the fold is one critical element. Now, you might want to note this. This is important. The information above the fold is designed to get them engaged in your site. And to do that, it must accomplish two, perhaps three things. It must capture their attention. 
build enough interest that they read far enough to understand your value proposition and ascertain that they are the right customer or that you are the right merchant. That can happen in a paragraph, but that has to happen at the top. That has to happen right away. The, the first thing you must do is stop them from clicking away, and the next thing you must do is get them to click in. And so use the above-the-fold space, but don't think that you have to squeeze the whole offer in there. It's not necessary. Um, all right. It reminds me, and this is just a comment to my staff, of the NAR test that we've been doing where we keep shortening the page, but we can only get marginal results no matter how we try it. We've been running a whole series of tests there. All right, so step two. And again, gentlemen, feel free to interrupt. We, we've changed the headlines to include a specific stock pick performance number and suggested directly that the reader could achieve the same. In contrast to the unqualified subjective approach that was there before saying our stock picks rocked Wall Street. That's a horrible headline. First of all, investors don't want Wall Street rocked. Secondly, the concept rocked Wall Street automatically mitigates against credibility because it has the hype tone in it that an investor is most assuredly not wanting to experience. And so, I mean, there's many problems with that, but it's Madison Avenue meets Wall Street and it's the wrong approach. In any case, uh, the message itself was weak. And um, so we move on. And, and there's some, I guess there's reports on our site about just how to get your headline right and how to test those right. It's probably the fastest way, probably the easiest way to get a significant uh, result on your site is to change your headline. We've seen it over and over again. And that goes back to this earlier comment about what the above-the-fold area on your site is really for. Number four, we wrote the sales copy in the form, well, I think it's number three. We increased the length of the copy to ensure that prospects had all the information they might need in order to feel comfortable and confident about taking the free trial. In general, people ask me, yes, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say, because you, you made the comment earlier, and we'll in fact see it in the next example, that people may get the, the wrong idea that, that a, that a successful sales page has to be a long copy page, and, 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 and we've seen in our own work that that's not the case. But our, our feeling on this was that it would, it would take more copy to give, make people feel comfortable enough, even to take a free yeah. trial. There is always a barrier to taking any kind of trial, especially if you're asking for personal information. And you really have to gauge how much text it requires in order to make people feel comfortable and confident. And, and, and that's how we determine the length, not through some arbitrary thought that long copy sells better. Yes, yes. All right, well, and I think what Nick's pointing out right now is, is vital from another standpoint, and that is that the answer to the question I receive all the time, how long is long enough? You know, long enough is the amount of space or that it takes for you to communicate enough that the customer feels uh, prepared or ready to take the action step that you're asking from him. And it just depends on whether or not she she has uh, 
a greater or lesser degree of resistance to your offer. It's going to take more to get a free trial than to get a free uh, white page download if you don't have to give your email address. The more you ask for, that's why, the way, by the way, there needs to be successive degrees of involvement in how you engage people in your site. For the person who doesn't want to go, you know, all the way in terms of giving you too much, uh, say, their credit card number, then you at least need to get their email address. And if you can't get their email address, then you need at least need to get, you know, a step that's one part less than that. And you you stage it. But let's go on. Uh, we wrote the sales copy in the form of a letter with an opening salutation and a signature. And the signature is important. People scroll down to see if there's a signature at the end. They're trying to determine if it's a letter. And that's what tells them it's a letter. It also just feels more genuine, particularly if it's a real person or a real signature. Now, there's a way to do that and protect yourself. Number five, we used more subheads, indents, check marks, and lists. This is very important. It breaks up the message into separate, easy-to-read clusters. And not only does it do that, but it gives you an iPass. An iPass are vital. Um, number... Six, we repeatedly emphasize that the free trial was risk-free. You have to do that. We say free in several key places, typically. Number seven, we added a powerful endorsement with the addition of the Forbes Best on the Web Seal. This is called a, called a third-party, in, in our language here, uh, we call it a third-party credibility indicator. If you can't say something quantitative about yourself that's positive, and you must say something that's qualitative, Make certain it's coming from a third party and not yourself. Because people don't trust when you brag about yourself. Again, they're still buying from a person, not a website. And they will view you like they view a person who talks too much about themselves and brags about themselves all the time. You lose credibility. But when someone like Forbes comes along and says, this is good, well, they pay attention to that. And that's why some of those things, which may be a nuisance, Better Business Bureau and SSL, I mean, different kinds of, there's, other, there's different kinds of credibility indicators, testimonials, industry uh, approval seals, and, you know, press and media, et cetera. And, and you want to sprinkle those right at the key leverage points where people have a concern. If they're worried about customer service, then, then take the facts that on your Yahoo store you're five-star rated or in biz rate or somewhere and actually use that on this other store and tell them that Yahoo rates you five-star or BizRate rates you customer service or your five-star. See what I'm saying? By, by addressing the concern and the anxiety with the indicator, with the credibility indicator, you, uh, you get more people through the process. It's just Isaac Newton for the Internet. What you're doing is reducing friction. There's, there's laws of motion on the net as well. Number nine, we changed the text on the buy button to be more specific and descriptive, and if possible, make it immediate and promising. Don't just ask them to buy. Now, some, some places that are looking to buy, you don't want to confuse them with, with uh, buttons that are relying on innuendo or, or a second logical step before they actually instantly grasp what they're there. You know, there's a time to just say or to have a button that emphasizes buy, but in many, many cases. You want to use very careful language on that button. You want them to click. And they don't like to click to register. They want to click to get something now. So change the psychology and don't 
Use the button to get them to do what you want to do. Use the button to get them to do what they want to do. Number 10 is also, and this could be viewed as a barrier, we ask readers for more personal information and their credit card information. Now, there's a reason for that. We may talk more about that later. I'm going to move to another case study, but I'm going to leave it open in case these guys, Jimmy or, or, or Nick or anybody else from my staff, you want to say something? Flint, um, there was a really good question about, uh, uh, maybe Nick can address this, but what's generally the right length for a page? Uh, we, you may have been answering, we, just, we were just talking about that. I get that question regularly. And I think the right length of the page depends on how, how much reticence you're trying to overcome in connection with what you're asking your customer to do. And there's a lot of reticence to do a free trial now. Yeah, I mean, it's as many words as it takes to get the job done, and not one word more is, is exactly the right answer. Remember, Hemingway, uh, write, write the truest words you know and make every word tell. And it's true on the net. A lot of times when we're working with, with partner pages, what happens is we'll go through and look at the copy, and they might have strong copy, but you'll find pieces that are not strengthening the offer, and usually when they're not strengthening the offer, they're hurting it. And so we'll cut those pieces out or rework the copy to include just the the best parts that communicate your value proposition and that are basically trying to achieve one specific objective, and a lot of times that's just to get to the next page to start the order process or to capture an email address. One, one final thought on this point 10 is that it's worth, when, when we look at this 89-plus percent increase, it's worth keeping in mind also that that first version did not ask for credit card information. So we were, in fact, uh, we had a significant increase in friction in the second version. Uh, but still, by taking the steps we took, we managed to uh, increase the conversion significantly. Excellent. That's a good point. That's a very good point. We have a very specific reason why we asked for that information uh, at that point, too. And that we're going, we're, one of these days, we're going to release a research report we're doing on, on the whole merchant processing situation, how to increase the number of orders that make it through the whole merchant process mess that your customers have to survive. My staff was here yesterday trying to order six monitors for me from Tiger Direct yesterday. I needed six new monitors. You, you have to see my office to understand. And, uh, and they had their charge turned down continuously. And they even called Tiger Direct. And, uh, you know, I'm not suggesting it was Tiger's fault. And they're a pretty smart retailer, but I am suggesting one thing. Um, there's so much money being lost in the processing itself. And uh, we go in and streamline that, and we've tested and tested and tested. And, and in our growth engine, which basically takes all of this research that we learn and actually builds it into a technology so that we can run tests and, and, and grow things, we, we actually – you know, build that kind of best practice into the merchant processing because it's very. I looked at a. I looked at. A, I'll move on. I looked at one of the largest companies on the internet, and we recognized within the last two weeks, and we saw that they're losing sixty. I think it was sixty-two percent of their charges in the cart. I don't mean people abandoning the order. I mean people who confirm the pay or try to pay and get rejected. And it's been going on that way for two years. The amount of money they're leaving in the card is incredible. Now, I hope I'm right on the 62% because that was a preliminary number given to me. So if I'm wrong, 
that. I'd like to have my staff correct me so I don't misspeak. But that's what it was when I first saw it. That's what I was told, and I haven't seen the follow-up. Let's go on. Talk about a second research partner. We're going to give you more data and uh, and uh, try to help you. The whole point of this call, and let us know if this is helping you, but we want to show you another one. We want to give you the numbers, and we want to tell you what we did. In the case of the second research partner who prefers not to be named, we again were tasked with taking an existing offer page and exploring ways to optimize its performance. And with the as we did with the Investopedia page, we worked with the existing offer and then explored ways in which to improve the page by making changes to the layout and copy. In this case, though, rather than choosing to write a much longer page, we just worked with the information from the existing page and wrote and presented it in a different way. In fact, with a little less copy. So here are the results. should be looking, or you should see shortly. Uh, the You can see the traffic and the orders. We clearly achieved statistical significance. If you, if you study the, the, the differential, the new free trial offer page increased conversion by, I've got two numbers, 102.43%. Uh, I want my staff to double-check that compared to the second number in my notes because I want to be accurate. I think that's the, mo the more accurate number. Uh, I'm going to the lesser number that we have here. In the, in the, I have two numbers in my notes, and I'm choosing a lesser number, but look at that. I mean, bottom line is they doubled their revenue. Sometimes, I don't know how it is with you. I mean, many of you are marketers, and you and you probably get this, but I don't know how many times I've taken the test data back from some study or one of our staff members, and we've delivered it and explained what's happening, and they, they're thankful, and, and on we go uh, to the next test. But they don't it, – at first, it just doesn't sink in that at the end of the month, they might have twice as much money without any more increase in pure marketing dollars. And then typically two or three weeks later, we get all these, you know, they start writing or calling and saying, what's happening? Our, our, our number, our orders are way up. And we're thinking, didn't you understand the data? That's what this data meant. For these people, it means a huge improvement. Now, this was a radical redesign, again, in a variable cluster that, uh, that we use. And um, we want to look at some of those things that had the most impact in this particular scenario, and we're going to move through it very rapidly because um, there's still quite a bit of information. We're trying to make sure we can help as many of you as we can in the short time that we have. In the case of the second research partner, well, let, let's just list these differences. Number one, we confirmed or confined all the copy and graphic elements into one short column, similar to what we did before. Two, we removed all photos and graphics which did not directly support our sales message. If the graphic was irrelevant, we discarded it. We included the free trial offer message. Can I, can I, Flynn, I just very briefly yeah. make a comment on that. And it's, unfortunately, we can't we can't share the page with everyone. Um, but just to just to explain number two, there were there were quite a variety of images on that page, which I I, I guess were originally put in there as illustrations or, or for decorative purposes. Um, 
And I think ultimately it was distracting and we followed our, our usual instinct of removing anything which didn't directly support the, a, a sequential eye path. Uh, some of those images were, were placed at the bottom of a short page, a single screen page, which tended to draw your eye across the copy without reading it. In fact, there was, a, there was images down the left side and across the bottom, none of which related to the offer. Uh, so, so there was real confusion in the eye path, and, and images can be powerful things, especially interesting images. Um, so that was why we removed that, so that we could control the eye path more directly and remove anything that wasn't directly contributing um, to the message. Hmm. Good. Excellent. Excellent. All right. Well, um, let's um, let's move on. And uh, Jimmy, feel free to jump in too. We included the free trial offer message in the headline. That's very important. I remember looking at the page and thinking they don't even talk about the free trial down until they get to the bottom. In the body of the copy, we say little about the company, its heritage, reliability, and history. Instead, we spoke to the reader about what he or she would get from the free trial. The copy is reader-centric, not company-centric. It is benefit-centric, not information-centric. The headline and subheads all start with an active verb. We place the sign-up form directly in the line of sight at the end of the sales message. We built confidence by emphasizing that the free trial was risk-free. And place that message directly next to the sign-up form. In other words, we position the message to be in the place where its impact would be needed most. And essentially, we made those changes. And... Uh, by making those prime, you know, essentially seven primary changes, the the partner achieved a significant result. So, I think what you need to see now is a comparison between the two sites and what we did, and we've got something prepared that I think will help you. Uh, looking at both of the new pages together, you might notice some interesting patterns. So, go ahead, Michael, if you would, and take us to that. All right. Flint, I want to address something we're getting a lot of um, questions about real quick. Yeah. Um, if you look back at the um, chart, yeah. the reason for the difference in traffic was not because they were done at different times. Um, it was a split test we ran, and I think it was like an 80-20 split. Yeah. So all we did was we just drove less traffic to the optimized page, which is why there's also less orders. It wasn't that there was a complete drop in traffic or something like that. All the traffic was coming from the same source. Uh, it was just an 80-20 split. Yeah. Sometimes you'll do an 80-20 split in order to protect the main site against some kind of a problem if the page doesn't perform well. And, you know, obviously it may be an important part of their revenue. The site may be generating $100,000 a day, and if the test page isn't performing at least as good as the other page, they're losing serious money. So we'll do a split. But the split works. In A, B, in A, B fashion, you see one, you see the others, you see one, you see the other, back and forth, A, then B. And so it's still a very valid number. And uh, in effect, really what you're looking at is um, differentials based on, you know, probably a variance of just a few pages between original and optimized. I think you need to make, just to my staff, I think you need to make that clear in the uh, in the brief that we actually release. If you're new to the MEC testing community, 
you just, uh, you know, we're going to send this briefing out to you. As I think you should all be on our list, and you should all be receiving that. And along with that, you'll get a re- be able to access the recording and listen to this. Or some of you uh, ought to get the recording and sit down with your staff at a conference table and listen to it together while you're looking at your own pages and thinking about them. Uh, it may be a, it could be a very productive, financially rewarding meeting if you plan that plan that properly. If you're looking at the chart, you'll see the similarities and the differences between the optimized pages. You can see there's fairly significant differences, and this is anecdotal. It's not hardcore. You're, you don't have enough pages side by side here to make these into any hard and fast rule. Although one hard and fast rule you can draw from this, no matter how attractive you find these conferences, you need to not test. Because testing is the only way you're going to learn some of the things that you need to do with regards to your web page. And there's four or five things that emerge out of this directly. One of them is you need to write your free trial offer within a single column. You need to emphasize the free trial in the headline and elsewhere. That's number two. Three, you need to write your copy in a manner that is centered on the reader and on benefits to the reader. And four, you need to find ways to reassure your readers and make them feel confident that they can take your trial without any risk or obligation. I don't know if you know about our video project, but we're doing a a major online research project related to video. We've been preparing for this for years. And uh, we had a group of applications come in for those research partnerships, and, and I think Jalali was on the phone today with, uh, there's, I'm not sure, we had like 150 applications. He was on the phone with the, the first group today. One of the things that we're looking at doing is actually testing the use of video to calm credit card fear and anxiety. And how can we integrate video intelligently into the order process? It's 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 on the list of things that we're going to be testing. If if you don't know about that research project, I don't even know where it's at on our site. Actually, I do. I think it's at the camera. Uh, if you go to our homepage, I think you can find it. What we're doing with video and the tests that we're planning and so on. Um, number five: include a strong graphic-based call to action directly in the line of sight at the end of your sales copy. And um, a simple but sometimes hard to follow rule of thumb for copy length is this. Your page text should be as long as it takes to deliver all the information a reader needs in order to feel sufficiently informed and comfortable about moving forward. I think Nick said that earlier, but it's in the report here too because it's a question that's critical to everyone. And so with that in mind, I think you can take these two case histories and the information from this call and the information I'm going to send you and even more if you get to the information on our site and use it, all of it's free, to try and improve your own performance. And uh, if you have questions for us, now would be a good time to do to fire your questions at us, and we'll try to answer a few of them in these last few moments. Uh, Jimmy or Nick, any one of you can jump in on these. I'm going to watch. I know there's been questions coming in throughout the uh, throughout the conference. I can see them, uh, and I think a lot of them. Michael's been trying answer, but if you'd like to get an answer from one of the presenters here, we'll do our best. So just enter your question and we'll uh, we'll try to help you. 
and I don't just yeah, Mike. Maybe Mike, maybe you can kind of moderate and throw the questions out. Yeah, I'm making a note here. Okay. Um, there's a, there was a question about why, and probably Jimmy can answer this better than the other one on the Investopedia comps. Why you guys decided to take out the chart? Um, there was a nice chart on the first page. Yeah, uh, Jimmy, did you work on that page? Um, we, we didn't take it out. It's actually redesigned. It's in the middle of the page when it has the yellow highlights on it instead of the gray and white. Interesting. Uh, Mike is going to show you the page and see what we did. Right there, right there. Uh, okay, yeah, it looks more like almost bullets than it does as a chart. Anymore. Yeah, it's more, I mean, the, the chart, it was just something we, we like to use, the standard yellow highlighting. Uh, we really think it draws the eye. We think it works well. We've used it plenty of times. And so in this letter style, we didn't want to break it too much up with the big blocky charts but that look like ads. And so by taking out the boxy look of it, it kind of looks less like an ad and more like helpful information. And that's yeah, what we're going for. When, when Jimmy says more like an ad, there's, there's also, with that graphic, to me it's, uh, and, and I don't know, we should we, we need to test this as a, as, a, as a single variable to test. I think particularly on investment and financial sites, that kind of chart has become something of a cliche. Um, anyone, you know, there's, there's statistics, you know, what is it, lies, damn lies, and then the statistics. And one way or another, you can find figures to make a, an image like that. Oh, right, Nick. And, and, and I think there are, there are cliches in terms of words, like rocking Wall Street, but there are also visual cliches. And, and, I, and I think this is, was one of those. So we preferred to, to take away the kind of gloss and glamour of that and just let the numbers speak for themselves uh, more in, a, in, in the manner of text. As it just, and again, it, it, it also, we were writing the second page as a letter. If that was a letter from one person to me, it would not include a very beautifully designed Photoshop chart. It wouldn't fit. It would it, it would mitigate against your credibility. It would it, it would all of a sudden the letter would feel like a false letter. I think if it included something like that. Good. Good. Um, other questions, gentlemen. I'm Let me just address something real quick. If you want a copy um, of the presentation, we do not currently give those out. However, in about a day or two, um, the basic content from the presentation will be available on our blog at marketingexperimentsblog.com. It'll have all the charts and most of the notes in there as well. And then and then once we send the brief to you, you'll have it in email, and you'll also have the option to go to the site. It'll be posted on the site in HTML real clean with and complete. The reason we don't send the brief first before we do the conference is we actually study all of your questions and the response that you send off, and we use that to improve the final brief before we release it. And... Um, that's that's how we do it. I think I'm, I think I'm going to draw things to a close. Um, Nick, let me just do. Do you want to mention what we're going to be looking about in the conference two weeks from now? And also, while he's doing that, if if you guys would see, we we take these comments that you send us and we study them uh, in preparation for the next test. So, chat with us right now and and, and tell us how this how this is going for you and what you're learning from it and if you like it and if it's useful. And that will help us as we're planning and preparing. Uh, Nick, what are we going to be looking at in our next uh, next uh, clinic? 
Well, in two weeks, we're going to be looking at um, some tests, uh, some really interesting tests we did with the smaller pay-per-click engines. Uh, not Google, not Yahoo, not MSN, uh, but there's a whole bundle. We tested uh, seven different minor pay-per-click engines with four different partners, uh, thousands and thousands of click-throughs. And this is a follow-on from a study that was out there. We did our last report on this topic, in fact, in March of 2004. And so this is the kind of small pay-per-click engines revisited. And we did it because in the pay-per-click area at the moment, it is becoming, with those three major engines, it is becoming so competitive. Uh, bids are getting so high on, on the keywords a lot of companies really want. Uh, that we thought we would take a look at whether companies would either be better off or could at least add to their revenues by um, in investing some of that budget in the smaller pay-per-click engines. And we have the data, and I know the results, and the results are absolutely fascinating, and I'm not going to say another word. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, listen, thank you, everyone. We appreciate your trust. Um, if you find what we're doing helpful, tell a friend uh, about us, if you would, and um, and we'll just keep working, trying to figure out, you know, what we need to do in order to improve our results. And uh, we'll talk to you again in two weeks.